Welcome to SASCast with Sarah and Amber. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Amber. That's how we start every time. I'm the captain and I say the title and I welcome you. That's fine with me. I like that. And what do you think about this episode? I'm actually enjoying it a lot. I thought this episode was on par with any good Real Housewives episode on any franchise. I am totally high on Rose Slick right now. Really? Well, it was a it was a action-packed, I wouldn't say fun-filled, but action-packed drama, dramedy, because there was some comedy in it. Like when Mary's eyes pops out her head whenever she says... Oh, let's just talk about... So I love how we've been doing it the last few episodes where we just literally talk about each person and what happened in the episode. So let's just finish her up in the one second that it will take because, people, I timed her and how much fucking time she had on uh, Roselick this episode because the last episode was virtually nil. And we talked a lot about that. We don't need to beat a dead horse. But this episode... For airtime, I want you to guess. Just guess. I think it was probably about two minutes and 12 seconds. Because you just saw my phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, dear readers. It was two minutes and 12 seconds. She's clearly, I mean, she's got to get fired. Well, she's going to get fired. But hey, let's bring up the elephant in the room, which is the video recording, audio recording that went live on the internet about berating her congregation for not donating enough money to her and how stingy they were? No, no. No? It was her birthday. It was a leaked video from someone and her, one of her cult members, and it was her birthday, and she went crazy on her congregation for not giving her enough money in birthday cards for her birthday. Oh, that's unbelievable. I just... And I basically said they were going to hell. Yeah, and I just heard a little, you know, just a tidbit of it, and it was repulsive. Well, she's... I mean, in all seriousness, folks, she's a cult leader, and she can't... I mean, a cult leader can't be on Real Housewives, as far as I'm concerned. I hope this comes up in the reunion. I don't think it will. I think this stuff is leaked out too soon, or excuse me, too late for the taping of the show. Oh, I see. So after... This is after the fact. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that it may not come out anytime soon. I I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they are going to fire Mary after they're you don't they just so? renewed the show. There's going to be a second season. I don't think that they're, no, for various reasons that we don't need to go into. I don't think that they're going to fire Mary, but that doesn't mean they like her. You can't have somebody on there for two minutes an episode. I, I think, think that's good. Vultures was the last time that she was on any substantial amount of TV time on the show. Well, they showed her with Cinderella. And sure. Linda, Sarah. I know. I feel bad for Charlotte, which is why I call her Cinderella. You know, Cinderella was the poor stepsister or half-sister or whatever. I think it was stepsister. The beautiful stepsister who was the slave to the evil stepsisters, if you recall. And that's how I view Charlinda. Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. Why does she have to dress in that? She's not white. Right. I think Mary makes her dress like that. I really do. Oh, God. I'm not sure if it's your record. No, I did. Yes, no worries. <laughs> so, okay, so let's. So, Mary's done. Bum, we're finish her. So, this episode was jam packed full of Jen Shaw. And Jen Shaw cannot let go. The big issue that occurred at Coach Shaw's birthday party, where Whitney went up to her and said basically that Lynn, uh, Lisa and Meredith are scared of Jen Shaw. 
and Jen Shaw can't let go of it, even though it was Jen Shaw who made the biggest ordeal through the glass, yelled and screamed, and embarrassed her and her entire family. And now she's mad still at Whitney. So, Sarah, I think I have my mom's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Read yeah. what your mom had to say about it, and then I'll make my comments. Go ahead, make your comment first. Nah, it's, I can go on and on. Go ahead and read your mom. This is awesome. Well, okay, all right. She's pulling it up, people. You know, I said to Amber while we were rewatching, we watched the episode twice because it was so enjoyable. I said to Amber, what actually happened that this whole multi-episode, now been three episodes, if not four, because they had the party, Whitney went up to Jen for the episode number one at the party, then that followed into the next episode, they were still at the party, and then, you know, Jen and her husband were having marital problems, into Las Vegas, that's episode three. And now we're episode four, still talking about the same thing. And what I said to Amber today was literally what happened was Whitney said, Mary told me that Meredith and Lisa are afraid of you. That's what this whole arc is about. Yeah. So and by the way, this is not a lot. I mean, okay. They dragged it into all these episodes and we can talk about like how it's gotten good or not, but this is not a real arc. Okay. Here's my mom's. Recap. Okay. I, I haven't heard, heard, I haven't heard I this yet. I really love it. And I, when I emphasize something, it's because it's in caps, right? Yeah, and her mom talks like that. But she doesn't have a ton of caps this time. So it's, I find it hard to believe this whole season was spent with people yelling at each other. Jen was <laughs> horrible to every one of those women at the dinner place. Then goes home and calls her husband to vent, poor guy. <laughs> when she is a talking head, she swears that she is the wait, best wait, friend wait, and super that? loyal. Repeat that. When she's a what? When she is a talking head. Oh, when she's a talking head. She swears that she is the best friend and super loyal. I think she needs to clarify that with Heather because Jen has thrown Heather under the proverbial bus a few times. How many times do these women have to say they're sorry? Jen is sorry for absolutely nothing. I'm with Meredith on this one. Leave when people start yelling. Jen is tiring. Honestly, I even wanted to turn the show off. When Jen walks in the room, she absolutely sucks every bit of air out of it and starts yelling. WTH? Question mark. Postscript. I think people are going to get tired of Jen and her intensity, <laughs> and it might cause the show to flail. I personally could not be around her, and I sure as heck would not tune in every week to see her lose it over nothing. She is not likable, ever. And that, dear readers, is the end of our podcast. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you got to admit. That was she, so fucking awesome. I know. She captured it. She totally captured it. Oh, my God, you guys. Okay, so. It was exhausting. It was. Your mom just made it clearer to me how exhausting it was. Yes. And what about the, like, kind of violence? There's two pieces of violence. One, pushing Heather away physically. Second of all yelling in Whitney's face, poking at her face. It looks like she's going to literally strangle her. And third, telling Heather that the only reason, to, what, she's alive? She wasn't alive? She, or she would she toss her in a lake she behind... She would drown uh, Whitney and then toss her in the lake behind Heather's house. I mean, it was... Or Whitney's house. I don't why know. would you even say that? So, Jen Shaw is clearly a smaller woman. She's probably... I'm a small woman. She's probably about my size. And Heather is a very attractive, larger woman. Not larger. I'm not even talking about. I'm just talking about height, even. She's larger as well yeah. in general. But And I said to Amber while we were watching this episode that I truly believe that had Heather not physically inserted herself between Jen and Whitney, that I think Jen actually, I mean, could Whitney take care of herself? Sure, she could. But I do believe that oh, Jen yeah, would have physically cool. touched 
in it like pushed or shoved or something Whitney and Heather came out of nowhere you guys she's like a superhero truthfully Wonder Woman or something came out of nowhere and got herself between Whitney and Jen and honestly physically and emotionally and mentally protected Whitney and I give her a lot of credit like she's and she has a lot of guts she's always standing up to Jen's bullshit so I love Heather I love Heather too because I also think that she's very compassionate and she's also very forgiving right and so she was saying basically there's toxic parts of us and there's really nice parts of us and we all have that in us and friendship is basically the long run is the longitudinal relationship and we go in and out of being turkeys and being good and she takes all her friends for what they're worth in that way however i do think heather's getting to the point where this is i mean she's we're all being gaslit. Well, no, we're not. Gaslit means you believe one thing and it's actually something else. Everybody knows exactly what's happening. Yeah, she's a bitch. That's true. And she's a te- she has temper tantrums constantly. And she's a liar because she's always like, I'm, I am the most loyal person on earth. And she, in fact, she's the most disloyal person. All she does is talk shit about everybody behind their backs. And so, yeah, no, I don't understand. Actually, I, I'll be honest with you. When Heather said to Lisa Barlow, who said she didn't want to be friends with Jen Shaw anymore, and by the way, Lisa Barlow, who usually is on my the top of my shit list, I actually liked her in this episode. We can talk about that. I really loved Meredith. I never and I never tame that. But going back to well, who was I talking about? Lisa Barlow. Oh, yeah, I was talking about oh Heather. So when Heather said to Lisa that no, she still wanted to be friends with Jen. I thought to myself, I didn't say this to you, but I'll say it now. I don't actually believe that. And I actually believe that on some level, Heather wants to be friends with Jen, not for Jen, but for other reasons like status. Oh, you're kidding me. You really think that? I do actually. That Heather wants to be friends with Jen? Why would Heather want to be friends with Jen Shaw otherwise? Tell me. Because I actually think Heather has been so, what is the word? She's been so marginalized by the Mormons and her faith and getting, quote, you know, kicked out. Basically, people don't want to play with her kids and, you know, think she's a horrible person. I actually think that is seared in her soul. And so she is very compassionate towards not marginalizing people, no matter how, quote, bad they are. Maybe. I mean, I just no, not I, maybe. It's I, true. I think that Jen Shaw clearly has a lot of contacts you know, she's an extremely successful businesswoman, clearly. And I don't know what she does, truthfully. She's in marketing or something. But the fact that she, she has can, luxury brands, I think. Does she? The fact that she can, like, tote around all those people with her. The you know, Shaw. What is the it? The Shaw Squad. Oh, the Shaw Squad. Um, and then Heather, who's got a business that really relies on people that, the type of people that Jen knows, I don't think it would be doing Heather any favors to cut those ties with Jen Shaw. Yeah. So I think that there's a huge other motivation for Heather to maintain that, quote, friendship with Jen Shaw. And, you know, I don't know. Who could honestly say they wanted to be friends with her? She's super unpleasant. Well, at least the version that we're saying. Is her true. own husband thinks she's unpleasant. Her own husband stayed away from her for four fucking days after this party incident. And then we saw her tonight go into her hotel room, get on the phone with her husband, screaming on the phone because she's claiming everybody's being mean to her. When, in fact, she started the whole fucking thing. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the one thing I disagreed with Lisa Barlow on this episode is when Lisa Barlow kind of at the very, towards the end was going at Whitney a little bit going, you don't really realize 
how much of what you did impacted Jen Shaw's family and family life. And I was just like, no, the only person that impacted Jen's family life was when she went batshit crazy and threw the glass and started screaming. The only Jen is her own worst enemy. It had nothing to do with Whitney and what she said. And that's impacting Jen and Sharif's marriage. So, so I was just thinking while you were talking right now, I was thinking to myself, you weren't listening to me. No, I was. And I was thinking to myself, if I had thrown a party for you, you know, at a pork party, because I have like actually for my fiftieth birthday, or my great COVID birthday. That yeah. Had. Anyway, if I actually threw a real party for you, like let's say I actually rented out Gary Danko, and oh, which I would love to do. Sweet. I've never done that. I've yeah. never had a surprise party. Yeah, and we had friends there, oh. and I threw this party, and then let's say I'm let's say one of my friends came up to me at that party mm-hmm. and to Gary Danko and said. Hey, Sarah, I just wanted you to know that so-and-so and so-and-so, two other friends, told Mary, another person, that they're afraid of you. Which, by the way, is not a situation that's necessarily um, wouldn't happen. That actually could happen. That's why I'm reliving it in my mind or pre-living it in my mind. Because I really wanted to think, how would I feel if, let's say, somebody with initials AS came up to me and said, Hey, Sarah, SA told me that KB and A-H are afraid of you. So I would think to myself if that were to happen, well, yeah, that's probably true. And then, <laughs> but would I freak? No, I would be, my feelings would be hurt. I agree that my, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in Jen Shaw's shoes. My feelings would be hurt, but would I allow it to even affect your party? No, I would be like, okay, I'm going to file that little thing away and I'll talk about that later. And so, and I have a temper, people. I do. And so even I can't even imagine a scenario where I would go crazy at your party. Well, I, I hope you don't, for starters, because you but said you, you were pre-living it. And then so well, I was you, but you know, But do you agree with me? Yeah, I fully agree with you. And I, what it made me think when you were talking, what, what made me think is that it's just like I feel like Jen Shaw is so fragile and is so low self-esteem and is so – she clings on to – I think she just clings on to this image and clings on to this marriage and she's clinging for dear life on so many things because she's so low self-esteem or she's just hurt. Somehow she's been really badly hurt that it's just a byproduct of her sadness and her despair. I mean, somebody her daily despair, somebody who can take it to the level. I mean, you know, we've said it a million times. If everybody is an agreement that you're the problem, then the takeaway is that you're the problem. Right. I mean, that's the bottom well, line. Well, and that's if one person says you're the problem and other people don't that's agree. That's what they did. Yeah. They you all can, raised their hands yeah. when, um, when uh, Ginger she, from Gilligan's Island <laughs> asked them. <laughs> or reminded me of Mary Ann Williamson. Well, yeah, but it was just like Ginger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She and did. She's attractive. So, didn't they all have to... It's so funny. I didn't find her attractive, but well, did, I, no, I don't find her. I just, yeah. I'm not trying, I'm trying not to make fun of her. I oh no, no. She, she just, just looked like gender. And so when she asked everybody to raise their hands and everybody raised their hands about, you know, they didn't trust, was it, they didn't trust Jen Shaw? Yeah. Where they asked, she asked everybody to raise their hands if they didn't trust Heather. And then yeah. they went and through then, the line and then everybody raised their hand if they didn't trust Jen Shaw. And then the funniest part was they had, she hadn't gone through the whole group yet. So was it Whitney that was left? And she's like, raise your hand if you don't, was it Whitney or Heather? It was Heather. Raise your hand. So she went through the whole group and nobody raised her hand about not trusting anyone. Then they got to Jen Shaw 
and everybody raised their hand that they didn't trust Jen Shaw. And then she still had a gun to Heather, and she goes, okay, raise your hand if you don't tr- trust Heather. And then Jen Shaw raises her hand right. because she realized, oh, shit, I better raise my hand for somebody. But then Heather got real pissed off because she's like, I'm the only – and then they showed that montage yes. of Heather following her and trying to make, you know, make amends over, forever and over and over again. And Heather's like, I can't believe she fucking threw me under the bus when I'm the only person who ever – that, you know, yeah, that's the proverbial yeah. bus my mom was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. See, back to why Heather would ever. I mean, yeah, I think Heather's saving face for a lot of reasons, and I okay. like I like Heather. Okay, so let's jump though a couple of things that were interesting in this episode to me. First of all, Lisa Barlow's driving. Okay, let's just talk about Lisa escapade. Barlow. Yeah, that was funny. How she kind of was. Well, we talked about that last episode, right? Yeah, she's talking about her Porsche and how you know she, what she drives. And she couldn't wait to be driving, and then she drive like a complete slowpoke around the whole track and Whitney laughed her twice. Well, it was funny when, too, when uh, Lisa showed up, and I wish we could talk like her. Her oh, intonation, the, the affect. The affect is so funny. But she's like, oh, oh, my God, it was so fun to do that. And we were so great to Meredith. Yeah. And Meredith in, in her confessional was like, laughing. She didn't even say anything, but just laughing. Like Just the expression. Meredith had great expressions this time, and I actually liked Meredith this episode. I actually felt like the mean girls were not mean girls this episode. They were actually apologetic or nice to Whitney accepting her apology. Now, whatever. I mean, they're still annoying, but I did think they were less mean, and I did have to laugh when Whitney was telling the group about how Jen was making innuendos about Meredith's marriage. And then Meredith says, well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. She talks through her like nasal through her nose. I'm yeah. trying to help Amber with that. So <laughs> she says that Seth and her have been separated for a long time. Many, many times off and on. <laughs> so That'd be pretty good. And so Lisa Barlow eyes nearly popped out of her head because she's like, I never knew that, and I'm very hurt because I don't even know my best friend. Then I thought to myself, I think really she's my best friend. And I she does this up lilt on most of the time unless she's saying, Jesus, then she goes down. But otherwise She's my best friend, and I had no more idea, and my feelings hurt. <laughs> Pretty much accurate. And by the way, she's not her best friend. Yeah, I don't think they're best friends. I don't think. I think they know each other. They go back a long time. Their paths cross. Okay, so what about Meredith talking to Brooks, sounding like she's all being all sultry with Seth, and it's her son. She's like, I missed you. And I'm like, well, she wasn't sultry. Yeah, kind of. No, it was just, we, we thought that she was talking to Seth. And then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm missing you. And we're like, Who, what mom says that? Like, I promise you my mom on a vacation would never call me up and be like, well, she might be like, if I were a small child, but not a fucking 20-year-old There's no way. college student. No. She would have been like, oh, yeah, I don't no. need to be talking to you, yeah. little girl. Yeah. Okay, little girl. Yeah. It was odd. Once like, again, their relationship to me is very odd. So, but going back to Lisa Barlow quickly, I just have a question for you about that. So, she was chasing after Jen, you know, trying, Jen, Jen, like the whole time. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, through the whole And then, then when they get into Whitney's room and start talking shit, all of them start talking shit about Jen, then Lisa's like, I don't want to be her friend. 
And I'm like, you're the one who was chasing her through the fucking hotel. Like, I don't understand. Now suddenly you don't want to be her friend. I don't actually believe that Lisa does want to be her friend. Here's my theory on this. And I, I don't know, it might be rude to say this, but I feel like that Lisa and Meredith are pretty wealthy. And, you know, as you perfectly described in a previous podcast, that Lisa believes that she's like the upper echelon of businesswomen. She and Meredith probably have businesswomen's lunches. Don't get me started on the luncheon. Go ahead. They have business. Do you have a businesswomen's lunch? <laughs> that is our favorite. So here, Sarah and I love that movie so so. I'm gonna. I want to Lisa Kudrow, but I want to reenact it. Do you know the words? I can't remember it. Okay, I'll do, and then you try to remember. But I'll be very sorry. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a businesswoman's lunch? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so remember, the waitress then said, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" And she's like, "You know." A lunch for business women because we're business women. And then she's like, uh, yeah, we don't have anything like that. And then, okay, well, then we'll just have a hamburger and french fry and two Diet Cokes. <laughs> oh, the greatest movie. If you have not watched Romeo and Michelle. Michelle High School Reunion, you must run out and get it off of Prime or By the way, Netflix I didn't realize till recently that Harvey Weinstein, Steen, whatever he goes by, Totally tanked Mary Sorvino's career. Oh, completely. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He He's, blacklisted her yeah. and she couldn't get, I mean, she won a fucking Oscar for Mighty Aphrodite, if yeah. you guys remember. And then her father's Paul Sorvino. Yeah. He still was able to blacklist yeah, her. Yeah. He couldn't get her, she couldn't get a job. Yeah. He, yeah. Talk about a horrible And thing. apparently, I also read this, that he, when he was blacklisting her, he told everybody that she was a crazy Christian. You know, which, by the way, I'm not a fan of that type of bullshit. Like, as long as you're not interfering with anybody else's business, I don't care what you believe in. But that's the issue. A lot of crazy Christians do try to interfere with other people's business. But in any event. Well, any evangelical anyway, religion yeah, does that. But Mara Sorvino, that I read in the article, is an Episcopalian. An Episcopalian is not a crazy Orthodox, conservative, or whatever you want to call it, far-right Christian. It's a normal Christian. It's like a Presbyterian. Say Episcopalian and Presbyterian as fast as you can. Just I try know. it. Just try it. Episcopalian and Presbyterian. Episcopalian Presbyterian. Episcopalian Presbyterian. Episcopalian Presbyterian. Nice work, Sarah. That was sometimes I do that too when I get it. I, I think I'm gonna get it with an alliteration. I did it, but yeah, I just couldn't believe that about Hormir Sorbina. But Lisa Barlow, I think, and Meredith think that they are better. Than everybody oh, else I, in that group. I fully obvious. believe that. Yeah. And I've always thought they were mean girls. Yeah. And I do believe they think they're better than Jen Shaw, even though I bet Jen Shaw is probably a bigger success from a financial perspective than they are, but they do think they're better I than Jen I would agree with you on that. Then Heather is like the stepsister, like Cinderella or whatever that woman's name is. And Whitney's a nobody. Like, I really do think that that's the status for amongst the, you know, people on that show. I guess Heather and Probably just mostly Lisa, truthfully. Not Heather. Lisa and uh, Meredith. But I think Lisa mostly views people in that way. And yeah, I think that that's a bunch of... About Lisa Barlow, I thought it was weird that she turned on Jen Shaw like in two seconds flat when you were just literally chasing her yeah. to the hotel five minutes ago. Yeah, that was... I would agree with you. That's very strange. And yeah, I will say this. I think that... Good, good recovery. There's something to me that's not scary about Jen Shaw at all. Her fire and fiery ways and yelling to me and maybe it's because I'm much taller than her too 
Like I'm a bigger woman, so I don't. I'm not. Head I, yeah, I'm not afraid of. Although like, your head is not as large, you have a pin. No, I have a little pinhead, but I wouldn't be afraid of her physically. She to me comes across as so insecure and so. I know you keep saying that. I just think that she's obnoxious, truthfully. I think she's so insecure and so lonely and so sad that it manifests in attention and anger and fire and brimstone. So I'm just like, I just, I have to say, I feel bad for her. I don't quote, hate her or dislike her strongly. I actually feel really bad for her. I do. I know that sounds I don't feel weird. bad for her ugly clothing choices. Why is she wearing two green outfits in a row? Then she said, do I look like J-Lo? I'm like, no, you don't. And by the way, what is that about? Like, I don't go walking around going, do I look like Candace Bergen? <laughs> Keep going. Amber, um, when she was When I'm 50 years old. I probably when Amber, like, when Amber, when Amber was now, younger. She was like 80. Say yeah. she looked like I was. That Bergen. was a joke, yeah. Um, okay, but let me just say this. Yeah, she looked like J-Lo, that's for sure. But she kind of dressed like J-Lo. If J-Lo, I think, might wear an outfit like that and might be able to pull it off. Well, J-Lo, J-Lo could pull it off. Um, she's so good, what she's saying, at the, at the inauguration. I thought it was so pretty. I mean, she's not a great singer, but... No, I mean, she's not world-class or anything, but there was just something that was quite lovely about it. I like when she spoke Spanish and got all fiery. Yeah, that was good. It was really good. Oh, well, uh, who else? Is that... Meredith, her? no. I wanna, we need to finish with Meredith, who I liked, and I dislike her every fucking episode... Until she did disengage again. So she used the word engage twice and which is my favorite word for her to use. She said that she was not going to, I'm not going to engage. I am disengaging. But the difference is we fully supported her disengagement. And then she did a confessional where she explained her disengagement and said, basically, I don't like conflict because when I was a child, my parents had a custody battle over me. And I was stuck in the middle in, of this conflict, left to out in the cold to, to have to resolve it with them. And I don't like it. And I don't like to be yelled at. And I don't like a bunch of like craziness. And so I left yeah, the situation. It, yeah. And we're like, yeah, hell yeah. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Meredith, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, that, now I understand your background of not wanting to engage. Not engage. You're not doing it. And do you notice that she also tilts her head really far over when she talks? Because at first, like, I have actually some shortened neck muscles on one side. I have just ever so slightly have a head tilt. I see that because I teach in Zoom and I can see it. And then I teach in a class where we did some assessment and we all determined that about me. And (laughs) she has a head tilt. Okay. Can I say this? Remember when at the beginning of the show where everybody was like, Heather and, uh, sorry, why do I keep saying that? Lisa and Meredith look alike. They do not look alike. I know. It's so it's funny, so funny how, how that happened. Yeah, and maybe it was the hair that looked so much alike, but they definitely don't look alike. I think Meredith is much, much more attractive. Very pretty. I think Lisa Barlow is attractive too. I'm yeah, yeah I'm not saying, but, but, but Meredith is Yeah, she's striking, striking. striking looking. Yeah. I agree. I think she's probably the best looking of the group now. That's my Yeah, I, I actually that. think that too. Yeah. I think they're all attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like whatever. No she is, uh, yeah, but she does have a head tilt. Yeah, and then Brooks, why are, you know, they're just showing him. They don't need to show him. Oh, God. He had almost as much time as Mary. I want to point that out. Well, I'll tell you what. Brooks started real high and went real low. I think people were like, mm-hmm. Well, by the way, did we really need to listen to 30 seconds of him talking about how his dog shit all over his clothes? No. He's, no, the dog pooped on the floor and he stepped in it when he went into the closet. No, but then he said he pooped all over his Montclair jacket. Oh, that's right, because it was on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and of course, you can throw in his really. Are, you're not wearing a Brooks Marks jacket. Are you going to put a Brooks Marks tag on your Montclair jacket and call it a Brooks Marks Montclair jacket? He's got a Velcro strap. To put Velcro on. strap that you'll just like put around the neckline. Like, what is wrong with you? I know. He's. I don't like him, and he's an ass about everything. Yeah, he's just a. Computer. I hope he goes back to college and we never have to see him again. Go away. We have one episode left next week, and then it's the reunion. The reunion. Yeah. You guys, here's the issue, though. So Amber and I are not going to be in the same locale for the final episode. We are going to do it, but it, this wonderful sound that you're hearing, it might not be so great, We're gonna, but we're going to do the episode because it's yeah. the last episode. Yeah. So we have, you guys have to join us for next week when we do Sascast with Sarah and Amber for the last episode of Roslick. What do you think we're going to do after? Because we have so many listeners. Well, I told you, and I still want to try to convince you that we should do Bridgerton. Oh, God, so many people no. are watching God, it, no. And there's so much God, to no. talk about. No. Let's just briefly talk about that. No, I don't second. want to, actually. No, one second. Okay. One second. One. So, I know everybody's watching it, so it's not like we have to give any background. So, the two main stars, I don't know their names, you know, the... Cassie and Simon. Oh, yeah, Amber, that was awesome. <laughs> I just... The story is so, like, for a simpleton, truthfully... Like, oh, he's not going to get married, but he's secretly in love with her. And she's going to pretend like that she loves the prince. And I'm like, what is this, a nursery rhyme? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is anybody watching this show? And I actually said to Amber, the other thing, and then I'll let it go, is that I know the show, There's a lot of it is about diversity. I appreciate the diversity. I actually like all the diversity on the show. But I just want to point out that it's not really a lot of diversity because there's only white people and black people on the show. And guess what? Where I come from, there are a lot of Asian people and in my own family, a lot of Mexican people. And apparently those people don't count on anything because I've noticed that with diversity on television, I'm just going to make this last point. Diversity on television people now only means black people and white people. It doesn't mean any other people. It just means those people. Just want to point that out. That's all it means. And I, I think it's much more layered than that. I, actually, I think actually even when, it is black characters that they are typically sidekicks or, I'm you not, know, I'm they're saying, in a, I'm they're not in a, they are you know, criminalized or they are, you know, they often are in this very stereotypical roles in which society has placed them in. So while I totally agree with you that this is a very, it's a, it appears to be very white and black because we don't know how people identify and I'm not being honest. We don't we don't know how people identify. And, and well, yeah, but the point of a television show in real life and real diversity, you're totally right about that. I look white for the most part. People who are I'm half Mexican American. So, look, well, how do you identify? Well, I was adopted, so I didn't grow up in a Mexican American household. So I guess I would say I identify as culturally white, racialized white. I don't know what that racialized means. I don't want to get too deep. I'm just making the point that w when you're on television, it's about what, it, like you can't go, Toyota can't throw out a commercial with somebody who might be half black as an example, who looks white and then be like, we had a diverse commercial. No, they can't say that because it's what you see. It's what you see. And so Bridgerton is supposed for the commercials for television. I'm not talking about real life. I'm talking about television. And so when you're watching a show called like Bridgerton, where they are talking about how, wow, for the first time, there's a lot of diversity on television. I give them a lot of credit for what they've attempted to do. I just don't think it would have been too hard to throw in some Asian characters 
or throw in some Latino characters. I don't... Native you're, American characters. Right. If you're going people. that way, that what's the big deal? Why couldn't you throw those people in? And it's just bizarre to me that that's... I mean, really, honestly, just... It's not a big deal, people. There could be... J-Lo could have been a guest star. I don't understand. Like, it's just not that hard. And I don't understand... By the way, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't understand how we get that to that point. I mean, literally, you know, I was thinking about it while I was just talking. There was a movie years ago starring Jennifer Aniston. It was called Cake. Cake. Oh, C-A- I totally remember that. Cake. That was a good movie. It was a great movie. Did by she the way. get Oscar nominated? She got Oscar. Yeah. Or did she not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know that she got nominated, but she got nominated for Golden Globe. And as did a co star of hers who played her Mexican maid. So That's in right. the in the movie there That's was right. and she was so she was so good. good and she was a main character and she would go to Jennifer Aniston's house as the maid and then she had to cross the border back into Tijuana where she lived with her family and it was really there's so many people that do that in real life and that was the first honestly it was the first movie that I had seen where I went that's a real Mexican character Mexican like I and even I who am not culturally I wouldn't call myself culturally Mexican but on many levels. But on the other hand, on some levels I do, because I am very close to my Mexican relatives, truthfully, my aunt and my cousins. I think you've embraced it even more I as have. you've gotten older. Yeah. So when I saw that movie, it honestly was awesome. It made me feel great about that situation. And yeah, they need to do that. If you're talking to diversity, it can't just be like, okay, we're all diverse now because we added a bunch of black people in Bridgerton. It's just, I mean, come on now. If you're going to do it, just put some Hispanic people in there. Put some Asian people in there. I don't get it. I get it. That's all. Well, you know, <laughs> we diverged. We might need to cut that. But I think that was about what are the next shows that we're going to yeah, review like because we have some really important listeners all across the world. Yeah. I get I can't even tell you. I wanted to thank that one person. I won't name their name, but they wrote us that really nice letter on the email about how much they appreciated our review and they enjoyed it on the car ride when it was very cold in Sweden. Oh yeah. That That was was nice. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Swedish listener. I won't. Yeah. We won't tell. We won't name names. Oh, excuse me. It was Switzerland, not Sweden. It was Switzerland. Sorry. It's a so, so, so. Oh, like Swiss. Miss Pretty Bars. Okay, so anyway, we are very excited to do the last episode with all of our listeners, and we hope that everybody has a good week until the next week, and that's it, I think, for SASCAST with Sarah and Amber. Yeah, see you next time.